Welcome to this week's episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian, philosopher, and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. Now, there are some interesting aspects any of us have observed in an executive here and there, and we might have even observed it in ourselves. An executive, of course, is defined by Mr. Hubbard. Uh, we'll take this one here from 30 October 1962, a definition. One who obtains execution, that's why he's called an executive, one who obtains execution of duties, programs, and actions in an organization to further the aims and purposes of that organization. So that's a definition from Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. Uh, the derivation comes from Latin, which is ex, which means completely, plus sequi, to follow. It means to follow through to the end. So that's your executive, right? So we've all been executives. Most of us probably have been executives of one form or another, or we've worked under an executive. And uh, like I say, there are, some, there are some characteristics. For example, executives don't really like to look stupid, do we? Have you ever corrected a typical executive? Do so at your own peril, man, especially if you try it in front of other employees of that executive. And how about you? Do you graciously accept correction from one of your employees? In a pig's eye, you do. If you do, you're a better person than most of us. Now, executives, like most people, don't really like to be wrong. And the thing about it is this. An executive can be wrong and can issue idiotic direction to their staff and then just keep right on pounding it through. Even if it isn't always a smart thing to do, they'll just keep pounding it through. And this malady can particularly manifest with a new executive, new to the scene, new to the staff. They're a new hire, and they might be getting a nice salary and so on. And so, of course, they have to demonstrate their might right out of the gate. So they're going to issue a bunch of orders, and by George, you better follow them. And let's make sure everybody around here knows who's boss. That that's kind of attitude is not unusual. Man, an executive who takes that position right from the get-go is doomed unless he wises up pretty darn fast. I'm not trying to be funny by using the word wise there, but yes, you don't wise up pretty quickly. Um, the staff will start rolling their eyes from day one, and it's going to go downhill from there. Great executives are rare. Now and again, you do run into, you know, one whose employees have a savage loyalty and will practically throw you out of the building if you even utter a discouraging word. I've actually seen that happen. And one of the things you'll notice about such execs is that they really know what they're doing. That's one of the things you'll observe. Like when you have a real loyal staff to an executive, chances are that executive is highly, highly competent. And uh, in many cases, they can do any of the jobs under them better than anybody else in the place. That's the level of competence where these guys start earning that level of respect. We cover more of that in uh, some of the earlier podcasts on leadership. But what if they don't have that level of skill where they can wear any of the hats under them? You know, what if you, you know, you're building your organization, you hire a shark cookie of some sort or another, maybe he was in a different kind of industry before or type of operation. Now you're going to put him or her in charge of your gang of battle-hardened veterans who have been holding their same posts for centuries or something. What's going to happen to the new guy? Well, you know exactly what's going to happen. He's going to be eaten up and spat out. That's what's going to happen, right? 
Except he won't be very happy about that sort of treatment from his juniors, and he'll practically destroy the place being right before he quits and leaves a chaos behind him. And then he'll tell you, oh, nobody could hold that job. Nobody can handle that crowd. And you say to yourself, wow, I, I thought he or she was such a bright and willing young man or woman. What the hell happened? Or, or how did I misread them so badly? I thought I had a keeper here. Why did they do all this dumb stuff and issue all these dumb orders? Well, they're not dumb, actually. They just didn't know how to take over an area they're not familiar with, and we're missing some of the fundamentals of being an exec. I want you to know these for your own benefit, what we're going to go over in this episode, so that you can, uh, first of all, be a better executive yourself, but also so that you can groove this in with uh, the people you hire to be your executives, because if you don't do this right, there's a good chance you're going to end up without executives at all. And finally figuring you're the only one who can run the darn place and resign yourself to a life of being anchored to your business. Your business, think about this now, your business should be your power, not your anchor. And this episode should help you realize that goal. Now, Mr. Hubbard wrote a series of articles called the Admin Know-How Series. And uh, a lot of the material we've been covering in Business Wise is from that series. This happens to be admin know-how series number one. In other words, it's the first of this series. There's about 30 or 40 of these articles. This one's dated 20 October 1966, and it's called Executives and Governing Body Errors and Answers. And it's um, fairly lengthy. We're not going to cover the whole thing. We're just going to cover the first part, which you'll see has, um, has a lot of relevance to these situations that I've been describing here. So he starts out the article this way. He says, anyone in an executive position must be in possession of information concerning his post and the functions of the organization or unit he is heading. Lacking it, he becomes the effect of post and organization and begins to create unreal orders and situations which result in down statistics all around. So what's he saying here? It's pretty clear cut. An executive should know his unit, should know his organization, should know the business under him. He should know it cold. And to the degree that he does not, he becomes the effect of those things. Have you noticed you become the effect of the things that you don't have knowledge of? If you don't have knowledge of teenagers, you become the effect of teenagers. If you don't have the knowledge of cars, you become effect of cars sooner or later. Anything that you don't have knowledge of, you will find you tend to become the effect of. And this is very important when we're talking about an executive trying to run a department or a division or an organization where that person doesn't understand all the functions beneath him. He goes on to say this In principle, anyone in charge of anything should know the workings and functions of every unit, item, or action of which he has charge. If he lacks such, he should be careful to take advices from his juniors before issuing any order to make certain it can be carried out, is necessary, and conforms to workable practice. Huh? You probably want me to read that again because it's so unbelievable. Are you telling me 
that an executive is supposed to ask questions of his juniors before he issues any orders if he doesn't know what the hell he's doing? It sounds almost like contrary to the definition of an executive. Executive doesn't ask his juniors like, hey, what do you think we should do around here? No, 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 no. They just go in there and they just issue direction and they, they, they observe from on high and they, you know, they have, they're always right. And, you know, then, you know, from their sage positions and, you know, great wisdom from what they studied at university, some place where they probably crammed them full of wrong answers. And, you know, now they're going to run that all down the organizing board to their juniors. Isn't that how it's supposed to go? You're really supposed to ask questions? Yeah. Look at a great example of this is watching somebody who doesn't know how to sell try to run salespeople. It's so pathetic. You'd like to laugh, but it's actually kind of horrifying. You know, the salespeople, they just, they listen, you know, very attentively and ignore every word. Why? Because they know this guy can't do it. This girl can't do it. What are they going to say that's going to possibly help me? Right? No. You don't know sales? You ask questions of your salespeople. Talk to those battle weary, you know, hard, tough, been through it all employees and you ask them, all right, so have you ever seen this kind of a scenario before? How have you dealt with it before? What seems to be the most successful approach? Good. Do that. That's a really good order from that new guy. You know, he asked me what was going on. He reminded me of a few things I used to do that I dropped out. Oh, he's a smart kid. That's how you start to acquire the knowledge and the respect needed to control an organization or a section or a division underneath you. You have to ask questions of those who've been there and done it. And if you have some sort of preconceived self-importance idea that you can't be asking questions, you can't betray your ignorance, you're actually working against yourself. You're working contrary to what's going to actually produce the desired effect you have of building up respect for you because those people that have been in the trenches are going to observe that you are granting them beingness. You should try this sometime. As an executive, you have, I don't care how many employees you have, two, one, doesn't matter, 20. One day, just, just, just for the heck of it, do a little experiment. Go around and ask them questions about their work and how it's going. This, of course, is supposed to be, if you listened to earlier podcasts in Mr. Hubbard's management system, he does describe this as a vital function of an executive to do an inspection every day and ask questions like, how are you doing? Do you need any help? Anyway, that's an earlier episode. We're not covering that in this one. This is not that quite the same type of scenario. This is a scenario where the executive really, they're brand new, they don't know how the area works, and they're going to ask their employees, how does this area work? And you'd be amazed at the kind of response that you're going to get and the kind of respect that you accrue from taking that, you can call it a humble approach, but it's also an intelligent approach. Like, you haven't held that position before. They have. They probably have valid information. Let's ask them. And it also makes them important. It grants them what we call beingness. And it's, it's a very, very worthwhile activity for an executive to do. But it's absolutely vital if you're brand new to an area and you don't really know what's going on. So don't think it makes you look weak because you're asking questions. It actually makes you look pretty strong, actually. So he says, Mr. Robert goes on and says this, anyone while learning an executive post 
and yet acting as that executive, should spend the bulk of his time in study and should issue no capital N-O orders and approve of no capital N-O orders until he has taken up the matter with those who will be affected by those orders before they are issued. You show me that in some business manual on how to be an executive. You're you're not going to find it. Like this is such a, it's such common sense, but it is so rare that, you know, a brand new executive is in there. Well, this is the order we're supposed to do. What do you think about this order? Does this fit the scene there, Joe? Does this fit the scene there, Sally? You know, how have you dealt with this sort of thing in the past? Asking interested questions. And from there, you're learning, you're learning, you're learning. Mr. Hubbard goes on to say this. Eventually, as one learns his post, after months or years, he or she can begin to issue orders independent of taking advices first from those the orders will affect. And you kind of go, well, why have an executive if they're just going to ask questions like that and then tell people to do what they know they should do? Well, you'd be surprised how effective it is. Well, you know, your sales are down, huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, um, do you keep any kind of sub-statistics? Is there any, are there actions that you normally do that lead to your uh, getting more sales? Well, yeah, you know, come to think of it, I usually uh, make a bunch of phone calls. Have you ever tried keeping a statistic of a uh, number of calls made or anything like that? Uh, yeah, well, I know I did, you know, way back when. All right, and how were you producing way back when? Was it, was it productive for you? Was it helpful? Um, uh, yeah, it was a little bit helpful. You know, well, you want to try that? Would that make some sense to try that and see if it, it works? And, you know, if it's stupid, don't do it. But, you know, it sounds sensible. I mean, you know, the more calls you make, probably the more interviews you'll have. more interviews you'll have, probably the more sales you'll have. And what do you think? You know, it's, it's a good suggestion, boss. I, I think I'll take you up on that. And let me try that. Let me try uh, counting the number of calls and contacts I make. Because I did do that once, you know, a couple of years ago. And actually, I think now that I think about it, we did really well back then. All right, good, though. So let's give that a, a whirl. I'm going to issue that to you in writing. Here you go. Here's your order. You know, start keeping track of your calls and your contacts. Keep a statistic of it and let's see how it goes. You got it, boss. Like, okay, you know, that seems kind of uh, reasonable as a conversation. So then he says, in this way, an executive not yet well-trained or experienced can keep things going while he is studying his position and those things under him. Now, look at it. If this guy's a, a veteran executive, he knows his area, a new salesman comes in, bam, okay, 25 calls every hour. You're expected to make at least six contacts. I know what I'm doing. I've done it. I've been there. I've run this outfit for the last year. I know what's expected, and you better get on with it. Yeah, that guy will be respected because those orders are real. Because he, he did his learning curve now. He asked his questions, and now he knows what's what. So now he's got the right to start issuing orders because he knows what he's doing. And everybody knows he knows what he's doing. And everybody knows if he sat down in that chair, he'd start making sales. You know, he's proven it over the years. They know he can do it and they'll respect that. And those orders are real. Uh, so the next paragraph here, Mr. Robert says, an executive cannot call himself fully competent or informed until he has studied all literature past orders and policies which affect his position or any activity under him and can handle any machine or operation in any unit of which he has charge. Yeah, he also knows how to fix the uh, 
printer, which I don't know how to do, but uh, pretty much everything else I can do. You know, so now that guy is, you can say, fully competent. Imagine an executive like that. Imagine creating executives like that within your own organization. How much difficulty would you have moving off for five or six months and doing some other project or starting another business or taking a sabbatical or whatever you want? If you put them through this sort of a a pattern where you're actually having them ask questions and study their areas and learn everything under them, you're going to have a great team. Okay. So then he says, uh, until then, he had better adhere closely to the rule that before he issues any order, he had better consult with all those it will affect. There is a there is a proviso here. He says, however, in doing this, he must not at the same time issue only popular orders or orders tending to break down the existing structure just to reduce labor or hours on the job or raise pay. See, you got to be smart about this as an executive. You're asking questions, but remember, if you're asking questions with an intention to learn the job and to understand the area, you're probably not going to buy into the suggestion, well, you know what I usually do uh, when uh, my statistics are down and my sales are down is I take a two-hour lunch. Uh, 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 I wonder if you'll buy that. Come on. You're not stupid. Say, okay, I get it. Well, no, I don't think that's one of the things we're going to do today. What else would you do to debug your business? You know, what else would you do to debug your sales? You know? Be alert for that. You're not trying to make a win a popularity contest. It's a big liability in executive. I'm going to ask everybody what they think we should do, and then I'm just going to do everything so that everybody likes me and everybody's happy. And no, it won't go like that. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. That's, that's what gives asking questions of employees a bad name, is adopting suggestions that are clearly dumb and, you know, just to be popular. So then he gives you these rules. A, B, C, D. So there's four of these, okay? So pay attention on these ones. Here we go. A, a great many persons fail as executives solely because they, A, do not proceed as above on a new job or promotion. Or, so there's your first one, A, don't proceed like this. Go in there and start issuing orders just to show who's boss, to prove you're in charge. No, you're going to lose on that one. Ask questions. Get it coordinated, get it understood, make sure it's tracking before you issue those orders, okay? That's A. B, fail to hold together and control the activities in which they find themselves in charge. Or, so, the other thing you can do is be a slacker yourself and let everybody be slack and fail to hold the place together and don't learn the jobs and don't learn the functions so that you cannot control those things. You won't be able to control them without knowledge. So, if that person doesn't study diligently, burning the midnight oil, learning the jobs under him, learning the machines under him, learning all the posts, making sure they can do it as well or better than anybody else under them, if they don't work like that they will not, and study like that, they will not be able to control that division. They will not be able to maintain that organization or its structure, and it will start to fall apart. They will be the effect of it. The area will not be the effect of that executive. The executive should be cause over their area. You know, even when you're asking questions, you're in the driver's seat. You're acquiring data so that you can issue direction. So don't uh, pretend you're an executive if you're not willing to hold together and control the activity. 
All right, now C. Use their position solely to buy popularity or. So C is a popularity contest. Well, good. I'm an executive. I want to make sure everybody likes me. Let's make sure everybody gets bonuses, whether they really earn them or not. And uh, yeah, oh, we all love Joe. You know, the strange thing is they don't love Joe. They start to hate Joe. They lose respect for Joe. They start joking about Joe and uh, Joe's done for. No, you don't try to become a great executive by trying to be Mr. Popular. D, form a clique for their own self-protection against the mob. I thought that was a really interesting one. You know, I had to think about this one for a minute before I started the podcast. I said, form a clique for their own self-protection against the mob. I kind of got it, but you know, part of what really helps this is to understand the word mob. You know, if you look up the word mob in the Encarta Dictionary, it's ordinary people, especially when thought of collectively as irrational. So have you ever noticed how groups of people, the bigger they are, the more mob-like they become? You know, if there's no one issuing direction or coordinating the activities, it just sort of groups of people sort of descend into this mob mentality where they all agree upon something that's completely insane. We're seeing a lot of that these days. So, you know, anybody who's trying to be in charge of something or to institute something worthwhile, we all face the mob. You know, the mob's out there and uh, we're here and sometimes an executive can decide, well, the best way for me to deal with this crazy mob is I'm just going to surround myself by a bunch of yes men who are just going to uh, be in this little power clique with me and we'll all have each other's backs and we'll all ignore everybody or we'll punish everybody or we'll channel everybody or we'll restrict everybody or whatever it is. So yeah, that, because if we don't do that, then we're done for, you know, then we're, we're vulnerable. That kind of thing is like manifest when he says, D, form a clique for their own self-protection against the mob. I think we see that uh, actually a lot more than uh, I realized when I first read that, I started thinking about certain government cliques and uh, other vested interests and so forth, protecting themselves against the mob. So anyway, then even the final uh, paragraph of the section, he says, it takes a very sensible person to succeed on a new job as an executive without previous experience or previous study. But if a person follows this advice as given herein, he or she can win and hold the statistics up and even raise them. So uh, never be backed off from being offered a position as an executive in an area you're unfamiliar. Just know these simple rules. These four simple rules. Uh, make sure you're asking questions. Make sure you realize and are aware that you don't have that experience. You don't have that knowledge. You better acquire it fast. You better work at it hard. Ought to be a lot of burning of midnight oil, as I mentioned earlier, to make sure you understand the areas. Try your hand at it. Get good at it. Uh, and you will build. And then ask questions. And consult people that you're about to uh, influence with your orders to make sure your orders are actually sensible and are fitting the scene and are going to get the job done. And I think you'll be uh, surprised at the amount of loyalty you will acquire from that staff. Uh, they don't want anybody to move you around. Like, don't pick on my boss. Yeah, he may not know much, but he's, he, uh, he takes care of us. You know, he's interested in us. So, you know, I don't want to hear any bad words about my boss, even if he doesn't know how to sell yet or how to answer the telephone or how to, you know, 
bale hay or whatever it is that you got him going on with here. And so uh, try it. You'll like it. All right. That's pretty much it for uh, today's episode. I thought uh, we hadn't talked about being an executive in a while or giving you any tips. So here you go. Hope you found that useful. Uh, Give us a like if you like the episode. Leave us your comments. We always read them and we enjoy them. And of course, you can always write us at info at wiseeastus.org. And uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.